We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. Hello, everybody. How are you? Welcome to Talking Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Patrick Moran. Thank you very much, as always, for locking in today, whether it's on the audio side, Apple or Spotify or whatever, or if you're checking out the video on YouTube, you know I appreciate each and every single one of you. Let me let me say this right off the bat here. I'll throw a couple things out right away, and then you could decide if you want to Stay tuned in if you want to click off, and I won't be mad if you don't promise you that. Um, let me say this right off the bat. I am not talking sports today at all. Not Just not going to do it today. Um, this is Talking Buffalo Podcast. Now, I know nine and a half out of ten times we talk sports, build sabers. We have fun. Um, I have rotating guests usually and whether again whether it's sports talk whether it's sports media talk whether it's uh local news media talk i try my best to make this podcast uh entertaining and informative and most importantly light you know i I certainly don't really consider uh talking buffalo podcast a hard-hitting heavy podcast i don't want it that way but Again, the name, the title, Talking Buffalo Podcast, was not an accident. Buffalo, Talking Buffalo. And I can't talk about anything else today except for Buffalo. And that's because, like many of you, and one other thing that I need to preface, I got no notes. I got no thoughts that I've rehearsed. This is going to be raw. This is going to be me talking warts and all. I'm not going to edit shit. And I don't know what I'm going to say, how I'm going to say it, or what I'm going to feel other than heartbreak and frustration, which many of you who are listening and watching are, I'm sure, are are feeling the exact same thing right now. So the structure of this podcast is not going to be normal. I pretty much usually have a good idea of where things are going on my own show. Of course I do. That ain't going to be the case today though. Um, I just, I wasn't planning on doing this, but as Sunday rolled on and I'm taping this late Sunday night now, as the day rolled on 
And I tried really, really hard to, uh, I didn't leave the house. Like I didn't go out and do anything, but like I followed the, the Micah Hyde charity softball game Sunday afternoon online. Um, shout out to train wreck sports and many, uh, media outlets that put a lot of the, the stuff out there to follow. Um, the Rochester Amherst game, uh, the Buffalo bandits game. So there was a lot of stuff going on Sunday game sevens and sports, a lot of stuff to try to enjoy. And that was my goal. I just couldn't get into anything. And my mind has been 100% on what happened Saturday. And at some point I said, you know what? I turned the lights on, put the camera on and, and just shoot with y'all. Just shoot and try to have some conversation or just my thoughts. This is admittedly potentially could come across as a little self-indulgent because I'm talking about my personal thoughts on um, a tragedy in Buffalo. But for me, at least it's, I hope is going to be a little bit therapeutic. And I just, I, I don't know. I just, I feel like it's important. And if you're going to have a talking Buffalo podcast and one of the darkest moments, if not the darkest moment in the history of our city just occurred over this weekend. And I don't get on the microphone and talk about it. Then, then why the fuck do I have a podcast? that's called talking Buffalo podcast, right? I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm devastated, man. I'm devastated. I'm heartbroken. I'm angry. I'm all the things that many of you are. I, I want to say this before I talk about the victims or anything else. I, <laughs> this is a shock to me and it's a shock to you. Obviously I woke up. Let me tell you how my Saturday went. Well, let's start there again. This is raw, unedited warts and all. So I wake up on Saturday excited in a really good mood. I'm going to have myself a day. That was, uh, the goal. The weather has been gorgeous in Buffalo this whole entire past week, which is awesome, but I really didn't get to enjoy much of it. Monday through Friday, my schedule is packed. I have a full-time job during the day working from home. So I'm kind of stuck at home. Uh, I work three nights a week somewhere else and I do two to three podcasts a week. And I do this all on Monday through Friday. So my Mondays through Fridays are packed. I live for the weekends. Literally. I live for the weekends. I work for the weekend. I live for the weekend. So Saturday, knowing the weather is going to be great, I was very excited to have myself a good day. And I get up early-ish ish Saturday. Uh, I run out to Marshall's, get a couple things that I've been looking to get, do a little bit of grocery shopping, uh, stop at the store, get myself an 18-pack of Bud Light. <laughs> and I come home. And the plan was two of my closest friends, my, my cousin Fudge and uh, my good buddy, John, they, they came over to the house around one-ish. And uh, we sat at the dining room table like we always do. And we have a couple beers. And then we put together a plan. And you know how it is like when you pretty much go to the same bars all the time. I mean, most of us probably do that. I certainly do. You know, I have two or three places that we I always go to. We all, we wanted to do something different. So we had made a decision that we were going to go downtown on Allen Street and hit up a couple bars. And again, you know, outside drinking or inside drinking didn't really matter, but just having ourselves a fun uh, afternoon with some beers. So, and I also, like I do everything pretty much, which is annoying to be honest with you, but 
on social media, I love to document. I, I, I try to present myself as having living my best life, whatever you want to call it. So when I go on and I do stuff, I like to throw it up on Twitter, man. It's just, my life's an open book. That That's just how I am. So uh, John Fudge and myself, we go to Coulter Bay, um, downtown on, I think it was on the corner of Allen in Delaware. Anyway, I had never been there before. And I tweeted out a picture. Uh, in fact, uh, I'm throwing it up here. If you're watching this um, episode on YouTube, uh, I got a lot of graphics that I'm going to be, a lot of slides that I'll be putting up. Anyway, I tweeted out a picture. Start the day at Coulter Bay. Um, I don't know quite what time this was, but maybe around two-ish. And uh, yeah, had a, we had a couple of beers there. And uh, my good buddy Nick met us up there as well. So the four of us are there having a couple of beers and uh, decided that our next stop, we would go walk down to Mulligan's Brick Bar. Now, by the way, before that too, um, Kristen Kimmick, I'm sure many of you, if you're a Bills fan or if you're on social media, especially Twitter, you probably know who Kristen is. Kristen is the uh, the president of Mafia Babes. And more importantly to me personally, anyway, she's my friend. And not only is she my friend, but she's also good friends with uh, my cousin Fudge and my buddy John. In fact, she's been friends with them longer uh, than Chris and I have been friends. So anyway, we call her up. She lives right literally on Allen Street or right off Allen Street, something like that. I'm not going to give away her address, but uh, she meets us up at Brick Bar. She meets us at the corner and we walk into Brick Bar together. So now there's uh, five of us and we go to Brick Bar. So I walk in, uh, I tweet a picture of Brick Bar. I say, Mulligan's Brick Bar and related. Uh, Kimmick is a bully. I was being funny saying that she was being a bully. She wasn't, but, but I was just having some fun on Twitter again. And at this time, my, my goal was, I thought we were going to go to several bars and I was just going to tweet out a bunch of pics. Um, anyway, one thing I've been practicing of late is when I go on, when I do stuff, I try to not be on social media as much because, or like Snapchat and stuff like that, because I feel like it takes away from the fun. Some people I see, they go to bars or they go to concerts or a nice restaurant or something in the park. And they literally spend half of their time on their phone, uh, tweeting out every two seconds or taking snaps and videos and stuff like that. I'm like, you're not even enjoying the moment. So despite the fact that I'm putting up and I'm checking in on social media where I'm at, I'm not really going through Twitter and stuff like that. Now, at some point while we were at brick bar, that's when we first found out, uh, what was going on. I, I saw a tweet, multiple people shot, or, or maybe it was multiple people even dead at, uh, at tops. I was like, God damn, holy shit. And I'm being completely honest with you guys in that moment. I pretty much, I shut down my social media because I didn't, I, I I'm trying to say this the right way without sounding like an asshole. I, I didn't want anything to, to ruin the vibe that I had going on. It was really, it was a good day. And I didn't know any details. I certainly did not know uh, the severity of what was actually transpiring. Obviously, I did not know that. And neither did any of us out at that time. So again, man, I, I pretty much after I put out that Mulligan's Brick Bar tweet, that was the last time you heard from me on Twitter, I think for the rest of Saturday, because I got off social media. I didn't watch the news and just focus on having a good time with my friends. So we go to Brick Bar. And then we go to, uh, well, not, not Kristen. Kristen had mafia babe stuff to do. And Nick went home, John fudge and myself, 
we went to a stag that's from somebody that they know. And uh, so that's where we ended up the night. And uh, <laughs> long story short, I was three sheets into the wind by this point. I mean, I again, we were drinking at a couple bars, day drinking, you know how that goes. And then you go to a stag. Shit. I was feeling no pain. Let's just put it that way. And uh, again, I had heard what was going on and I heard a couple people starting to talk about it, but I really didn't know any kind of like the severity of anything. And plus I was hammered and by so late Saturday night, go home, got dropped off at home and you know, all that goes, uh, sleeping within 30 seconds. So I wake up Sunday morning and, uh, you know, get my wits together. I pretty much jump right in the shower. That's what I usually do, especially after a night of drinking, you know, pop a couple aspirin, jump in the shower, two pieces of toast, uh, a cup of coffee. And then I come into my home office here and check out the internet. Like I always do, you know, read the Buffalo news online. I check out my Twitter, see what's going on. And at least for the first 20 minutes that I was up, I was, uh, I had kind of sort of forgotten about what had happened the day before. Oh, one other thing too. I spent five years at Florida. And I got lots of family, obviously that doesn't live in Buffalo. I did get a couple of texts on Saturday evening, you know, say asking if I was all right, you know, just how family and friends are when they're not in the area, just checking to make sure you're okay. So I forgot about that hint anyway, but again, I was kind of three seasons in the wind. Um, anyway, I get on my computer on, on Sunday morning and took maybe five to 10 minutes and I'm just horrified completely and utterly just fucking devastated and heartbroken. And uh, it's tough, man. This is, it's literally, I mean, I'm not saying this for dramatic effect. Literally, this could be the darkest day in the history of, of, of our city. A city that's my hometown, a city where I'm from, a city where I grew up in, a city where I live now a city that many of you could say the exact same thing. It's just, it, it, it's hard to fathom folks. It, it, it's really hard to fathom. Um, I, again, I, I really, I have nothing rehearsed Sunday night as I, I'm taping this earlier in the evening, I, I found on Twitter and I, and I've got some screenshots again, if you're checking this out, on the video side, I, I got some graphics and some things that I wanted to highlight. 10 people, the, the names of the 10 people who died on Saturday, the, the names are officially released. I'm going to read them off here. I refuse to read the name of the white supremacist terrorist who did this. I do want to, to name the people, the victims, because I feel they need to be known. And, uh, and you'll see why in a few seconds too, I got some um, slides to, to highlight who some of them are. But anyway, 10 people killed. Um, they range from ages 32 to 86. And the names are Roberta Drury, who's 32. Marcus Morrison, Morrison 52. Uh, Andre McNeil, 53. Aaron Salter, 55. Geraldine Talley, 62. Celestine Cheney, 65. Hayward Patterson, 67, Catherine Massey, 72, Pearl Young, 77, and Ruth Whitfield, 86 years old. 
just, it's hard to fathom. I want to highlight, I don't know who this person is. Her name is Natasha and her handle is um, at Adele Regal. And she started a thread on Twitter. Beautiful job she did as well. Um, highlighting the victims, putting up a photo of them and just talking a little bit about them. Now, as I'm taping this, I had seen um, profiles for eight of the 10 and I feel compelled again to uh, share these. And I thank Natasha for, for doing this. Um, she says this thread will be dedicated to the victims of the mass shooting in Buffalo. First one, this is Ruth Whitfield, 86. Her son, the former Buffalo fire commissioner, said she was on her way visiting her husband in a nursing home and stopped at the store to get something to eat. You know, this it, it's hard right away, and this is only going to get harder for me to, to talk about and try to articulate anything because I just, in my mind, I just picture this woman going to see her husband who's in a nursing home, and then she stops at a store to get something to eat, and that is how her story ends. It's just, it's just, excuse my French, man. It's just fucking hard to stomach. It's, it, 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 it just is. Um, next one, Celestine Chaney, 65 years old, was a breast cancer survivor with seven grandkids. What a beautiful woman. Just unbelievable. Aaron Salter Jr. was identified by his son, Aaron Salter III, as a beloved Tops friendly market security guard and former Buffalo cop who tried to stop the shooter. Salter, who joined the Buffalo Police Department right out of high school, leaves behind three children. This, this man, courageous, brave, he tried to apprehend the shooter. He exchanged fire with him. Tragically, he lost his life. He lost his life trying to stop another person from killing people. It's, it's terrible. Aaron Salter Jr., you died a hero, man. Hayward Patterson, a deacon at his church, would frequently give people rides to and from the top supermarket and help them carry their groceries. Nice, good, nice man, nice... It's these these people just sound and they look so happy in these photos and they just sound like such wonderful people. A deacon. God. Ugh. Catherine Cat Macy, 72, was an advocate for civil rights and education in her community. Massey had gone to Tops to do some grocery shopping. Cat wrote for both the Buffalo Challenger and the Buffalo Criterion a year ago. She wrote in support of more federal regulations of firearms. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. These uh, last two that there's profiles from, they all hit me hard. I'm heartbroken for all of them. These two hit me the hardest. Um, Pearl Young, 77, was a mother, grandmother, and key member of her church. For 25 years, she fed those in need in the city's Central Park neighborhood. 25 years, every Saturday I read this. She fed people 
in Central Park. A quarter of a century. Almost a third of her life she spent every Saturday feeding less fortunate people in her neighborhood. What an amazing thing to do. What an amazing thing to do. What an amazing woman. And this is what kind of hit me even harder when it comes to her and why this hit me harder is um, a lot of you, if, if you're a Bills fan, if you listen to this podcast, he's been on my show before, and I'm sure you probably know him from the Buffalo Rumblings podcast community, Jay Spence the King. Let me say this about my man, Jay Spence. Um, he and I of late have not seen eye to eye much when it comes to football stuff, when it comes to the bill stuff, we've butted heads on Twitter, um, a little bit publicly, uh, a little bit privately. And it's like, you know what? Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit about fucking football takes right now? Who cares what I think about his mindset when it comes to a tight end or a defensive player or whatever? These are football things that are nothing in the grand scheme of things. Nothing. All right. We've butted heads over football stuff. Let me be really clear about this. And I want to be real clear. I love Jay Spence. He is a friend. He is a good human being. He is a good soul. He's a good person. Again, he's been on my show. I've been on his show. Um, great person, does a lot of great things. And I did not know. Now I know Jay Spence from Buffalo, spent a lot of his life in Buffalo. I did not know until he put out a tweet on Sunday that he had any connection to any of these victims. Turns out that he does to Pearl. And I want to read this tweet. Um, Jay Spence wrote, let me tell you about Pearl. She was the most beautiful soul. She was always happy. Every time we were together, she showered me with hugs, loves, and kisses. She danced every chance she got. She loved people, especially kids. She loved God. This is not fair. I'll miss you with a broken heart symbol. This got me, man. This got me. He tweeted the Saturday. I didn't see it the Sunday. Um, this really hit me. It hit me hard. I, I look at I look at her picture. What a beautiful woman. Seems so happy, so full of life, so just so much to live for. She did so much good for her community, man. And then I see somebody who I again, that's somebody I consider a friend. Heartbroken. And you know how it is, folks. I'm sure you've been to funerals out of respect for friends or other people, and you don't even know that person. But when you get to that funeral and you're at that service, your heart becomes broken too for your, for your friend, for your person. And that's how I feel right now for Jay. Obviously, this woman's family and, and loved ones as well. But for me personally, I, I, I think of that tweet I see and I'm, I just, uh, I empathize with what, what Jay Spence must be feeling right now. It's just Fucking terrible. So terrible. And then this last one, I, I don't know why this got to me, but this one might've gotten to me worse than any of the others for no particular reason. Because again, I don't personally know any of these victims, never met them and never heard of them before this weekend. Roberta Drury, 32 years old from Syracuse. Not even, she didn't even live in Buffalo. She was in Buffalo spending time with her family and to help her brother recover from a bone marrow transplant. She leaves behind three siblings and her parents. 
I seen this tweet and I seen her picture and it, I started crying. I lost it a little bit. I just look at her. If you're watching this on YouTube, look at this woman. Look, look how beautiful she is. Look at her smile. Is that not one of the most infectious smiles that you've ever seen? Just look so happy. Beautiful, beautiful. It's just, God, it's just, I don't know, man. I'm at a, I'm at a complete loss. That really hit me hard. I, I saw that and I'm like 32 years old. You're in Buffalo to help take care of your brother. You're going shopping at a store and this is how your life ends. I'll tell you what, I have to take, I have to take a really quick break. I have no choice. I got to take a quick break and I'm going to come back and I got a handful of thoughts about just this whole incident as a whole and this monster and just Buffalo racism. I just, I got some thoughts again, unprepared, but, uh, I'll be right back, folks. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, I'm back. Thank you again very much if you're still sticking around. If you didn't, trust me. I, I, I get it. I understand. And the podcast will be back to more normal stuff actually starting tomorrow. But uh, today we're talking about what happened in Buffalo over the weekend. Maybe the darkest day the city is, uh, has ever seen. It's just everyone continues to remain devastated. Uh, I have up on the screen right now uh, a visual. It's from Derek E from the Buffalo News. It's just th this man obviously crying uncontrollably and a and a female police officer trying to console him. It's just, it's just fucking hard, man. It, 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 it's just hard. I want to, let me say this too. And I, and I have a tweet up. I'm going to read it in a second. But one thing 
that I think has become a really hot topic conversation. Every time something like this happens everywhere, it's a point. And it's a point in Buffalo, obviously, because this happened here in Buffalo. I It's point, been pointed out, this white supremacist terrorist, and I'm not going to say his name, who did this, drove three hours from Broome County to Buffalo to do this. And it's been pointed out that this man is not from this area. He is not part of the community. That is true. And I understand to an extent why a lot of our community leaders, why Mark Polakars, why Mayor Byron Brown, why they're repeatedly saying this. Uh, you know, lots of community and political leaders are saying this and they're hitting hammering at home that point that he's not from here. I get it. I understand that. But I want to read a tweet that I wrote because, and I mean this, I said, it deserves to be pointed out and known this white supremacist had nothing to do with this community and was an outsider. That said, for anyone to act or talk like Western New York isn't grossly infested with racism is ignorance and or being naive at its worst. Acknowledge that community leaders. Let me say this, folks, all right? I have lived in Buffalo and Western New York again for almost all my life. Except for five years from 2016 to 2021. Okay. And I've lived all over. I was born in Buffalo, New York. I was raised on the West side of Buffalo. I lived in North Buffalo. I was born and raised on the West side. Okay. I went to Lafayette high school. I played West side, little loop football and other various sports. I played hockey at nativity on the West side, floor hockey. All right. I've been around all different groups of people my whole life. Very diverse. It's just the way we were brought up on the West side back in those days. And I know what it's like to live in the city. That's what I'm trying to hit here. I also know as an adult what it's like to live in the suburbs. I live in West Seneca right now. I've lived in Orchard Park. I've lived in Hamburg. I've lived in other areas. They're not the same. Suburbs are obviously different than the city. I'm not going to apologize, by the way, for, for living in the suburbs. I live in the suburbs because it's nice. And quite frankly, I live in the suburbs because statistically it's proven it's safer. You know? Anyway, my point is this. I lived in Buffalo. I, I, I live in the suburbs. I love this city. Okay, I look, I bust balls a lot about Buffalo. I complain about the weather. I bitch and moan about the weather all the time because I'm just that old grumpy bitchy dude. Um, I, I get annoyed about the potholes, a lot of the construction stuff, uh, the rising gas prices. I mean, it's like that all over the country, of course. But I mean, New York, you're talking, you're paying $4.70 a gallon. Now, there's lots of things to bitch and moan about. But don't get it twisted, man. I love, 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 love this city. Okay? I love Buffalo. But don't get it twisted. Don't think that because this guy comes from another part, uh, you know, another county, another part of the state, don't think that there's not an, uh, an alarming amount of racism in this region. Because there is. And I promise you that. I promise you that we got a lot of work to do folks. A lot, not just here everywhere, but for the purpose of this conversation, we're talking about our backyard here, Buffalo. Yeah. This guy wasn't from around here and knock on wood, hope to God, there's not many people like this monster in this country, in this world, but don't think that this is, you know, don't let these leaders 
try to sell you on the fact that we live in harmony in Buffalo and an outsider came and, and brought his hatred and his violence to our community. He did, but don't believe that the, you know, that there isn't problems in this city, in this community, in this region right now, because there is, there's a lot of racism that still goes on. If you want to turn your head to it, be my guest. I can't stop you from doing that, but it's a problem. Racism is still a problem in 2022 in Buffalo, in Western New York, and anywhere else. And as far as this guy goes, look, another thing that I've been seeing a lot that kind of triggers me is when people say, well, this is how he was taught. This is how his parents must be scumbags. This is how he was raised. He was born this way. He was taught this. Now that's true. But again, you ain't no child, man. You are 18 years old. You're an adult. I want to pull up a tweet. Um, a friend of mine, where is it? I got to pull up the right tweet here. There it is. Taylor. All right. A friend of mine on Twitter, Taylor tweeted something. And I'm putting this up because I completely agree. This is what she said. I'm going to read her, her word for word. I also don't give a fuck about anyone justifying his actions by saying he grew up that way. He was never taught it was wrong. He was 18 years old. He was an adult. You can make clear decisions on what is right and wrong. Racism is taught, but it's still a choice. Man, ain't that the truth? Ain't that the truth? Yes, racism is taught, but it's still a choice. She's 100% right. That man's 18 years old. He's an adult. He makes his own decision. He makes his decisions. And he, look, he might be a white supremacist monster fucking terrorist. But one thing he was not was stupid. I, I bet you this kid probably had a, a pretty high IQ. He was smart enough to write a 180-page manifesto, which I've seen and heard some highlights. I'm not going to read the whole thing, and I don't think I ever will. But this man wrote an art, a pretty articulate, from what I understand, 180-page manifesto starting in January, pre-planning what he was going to do. And of course, he live-streamed this as well, I guess, on Twitch. Actually, the murders. This was pre-planned. This was a decision. This was a choice. Taught my ass. Fuck that. Again, man, I'm uh, kind of at a loss here. No, no, uh, no script. No real notes. I just, I don't know. And and to be honest with you too, I also considered trying to find somebody who was there, who saw it as a guest and, and get them on as a guest and kind of uh, get their perspective on what happened. But then I decided against that because I'm like, maybe it is, maybe it's not. I felt like I would be exploiting somebody to for 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 content, and I don't want to do that. Not to mention. You know, we all, we're fucking, I'm having a hard time even talking right now. We're, we're devastated. We're heartbroken. We're angry for the victims, families, and for their loved ones. I sit here today and I spent a lot of time thinking about not just the ones who we've lost, the innocent, beautiful lives that we lost for no fucking reason. But I'm also thinking a lot and, and my thoughts and my prayers are with a lot of the people who are at tops that survived because I can't imagine that horror. I can't imagine it. And 
these people who were there, people who hid under counters, people, I, I read a story about an eight-year-old girl, I think, who hid in a cooler, people who were running for their lives, people who were running out the back door to try to get to safety. These people, some of these, some of these victims, because they're victims too, man, they are victims too. Some of these victims saw, they didn't just hear violence, they didn't hear gunshots and, and take off. Some of them physically with their own eyes saw this monster shooting and murdering people. They saw it. They saw the gunshots. They saw people go down and, and die. They saw the chaos with their own eyes. And I just can't imagine that because these victims are going to live with this for the rest of their lives. These victims are probably going to have a tough time sleeping for a long, long time. These victims are going to replay what happened over and over and over and over again in their minds. And I'm sure a lot of them are going to get grief counseling and go to therapy and have support groups. And I, and I pray to God, I hope that helps. Of course, but man, what a, what a journey, what a, what a hard journey, what a hard process this is going to be. And my heart breaks for them very, very much. And look, last thing too, and, and then I want to get out of here. I, I have love in my heart and I, I can have empathy and I'm sad and I'm heartbroken. I'm crushed. I'm angry. I'm fucking frustrated. All this stuff. The one thing I cannot do and won't try to do is try to relate to any of the victims and their families because I can't. And you know why I can't? Let's be honest about it. I can't because I'm not black. I'm a white man. And I can love and I can feel pain and I can feel heartbreak and I can take action to try to do my end to help, but I'll never be able to relate to what it is like to be a a black person living in America or for the case of this conversation, a black person living in Buffalo and in Western New York because I'm not black. And if you're not, you can't relate. Don't, don't say you can because you can't. Don't try to. Again, be there for your brothers and your sisters. Show them love. Do what you can, but don't try to put yourself in shoes that you cannot fill because you don't know what it's like, man. You just... You don't. My my heart's broken and my condolences go out to the victims, their families. And again, the victims who were there, who have to live with this in their, in their mind visually for years to come, if not forever. It just, it sucks. And tweeting about it is awesome. Posting about it is awesome. Sharing memes and stuff like that is awesome. Take action if you can. I don't know a lot of them, at least as of this recording, but I know that there's places you can go to donate, whether it's money or, or donate food to the victims, to the families of them, to help cover funeral costs, all kinds of stuff like that. The one I do know of that I will mention because I obviously know it's legitimate, Thurman Thomas has a foundation. It's give.thurmanthomas.com. And I seen, I seen Patty Thomas um, early Sunday evening say that they've raised so far upwards of 20,000 hours already, which is, you know, it's amazing. So do what you can to help be a good parent to your children, teach them as best you can, 
I mean, we just talked about ultimately uh, our children grow up, become young adults, and they make their own decisions, good or bad. But your influence does matter. Make no mistake about that. So work on being a good parent, work on being a good friend, a good person. And I don't have the answers and neither do you. I don't know how to prevent this from ever happening again. If we had the answers, it wouldn't because it keeps happening. It happens all over. Just tragically, it came to our backyard and it's fucking terrible, man. It, it, it's just terrible. Anyway, I'm I'm going to get out of here, man. I, I thank you so much for listening. I, I truly do. And I apologize because this isn't what I want my podcast to be about. I just felt I would be doing myself more than anything else a disservice if I didn't have a microphone and a pot pretty popular podcast and a platform to to highlight some of these people and, and just talk about how I'm feeling right now. And I'm sure a lot of you are feeling some kind of way as well. So thank you. And again, I am sorry. I will be back with regular normal Talk Buffalo podcast style episodes. In fact, tomorrow, Tuesday, I'm going to have Joe at Buffalo Wins on Twitter. He's going to be on. It's been a while since I've had him on. We're going to talk about Jerry Hughes and we're going to examine if now that he's not a Buffalo Bill, if he's worthy of going on the Bills Wall of Fame someday. We'll talk about that. Friday, as always, my man Joe Yurden, casual Friday, Bill Sabres. We do our starting five draft, lots of fun stuff. So back to normal shows right now. Say a prayer, everybody. Um, love each other. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing Jay Spence, my buddy. You know, I, I always says love and take care of each other at the end of every episode he does. I'm just, I'm going to reiterate that, man. Love each other, take care of each other. And just uh, prayers, prayers for, for everyone affected by this fucking horrific tragedy, man. I love you all. Talk to you guys soon.